So today, let me equip you with the name Adonai. Adonai. But before we dive into Adonai, let me tell you about a black and a white preacher. The white preacher was sure that God was white. The black preacher was sure that God was black. True story, by the way. So they each had their theological arguments as to why God was black or why God was white. Well, they were in a car together and they were arguing so intensely about this that they weren't paying attention and they got in a wreck and they both died. So they both woke up at the pearly gates of heaven and then they, when they kind of came to their senses, they said, wow, I guess we're going to finally find out if God is black or white. And about that time, Jesus walks through the pearly gates to welcome them. And he says, buenos dias, amigos. That has nothing to do with this morning's sermon. I just like telling that. However, we are currently translating, interpreting the sermon in Spanish. So if you speak Spanish and, and you would like to hear it, uh, the sermon, then uh, feel free. We, we, we've got that capacity. So, um, so to you, I would say, que Dios te bendiga, te quiero mucho, and I'm out of Spanish. So the rest of it is going to be in English. Adonai is mentioned some 434 times in the Old Testament. As God the Father reveals Himself to people through the name Adonai. You know that you're reading Adonai in the Old Testament when you see the word Lord. The L is capitalized and everything else is in lowercase. That is Adonai. And any time that we see the word Adonai, we know that it means the owner. The owner, the master. Sometimes you, you, you see the Lord and the L is lowercase. That's in reference to perhaps somebody is addressing an, an angel and they would say Adon because that is the singular of Adonai. Or a, a slave is uh, addressing their, their master or an employee is addressing their employer and then that relationship would be Adon. But when it's referring God, it's not Adon in the Hebrew, it's Adonai, plural, because we are talking to a plural being. God is plural. Yet God is one. We serve a God who is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and yet He is one. Which is why when we looked at Elohim last week, the Creator Almighty God, that's in the plural, because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were present in creation. And throughout the Old Testament, when God is referenced, capital L, lowercase O-R-D, it is referencing Adonai, Master, owner of everything in the plural sense, as we are talking about this singular God. God is is one in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, who is one. Yet, in Scripture, when we see L-O-R-D, all caps, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that is God's generic name, Yahweh. Or in the Hebrew, Yahweh, or in the, in the Latin and translated in the Greek and today in the English, Jehovah. So in Scripture, when you see in the Old Testament, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, we're talking about Lord or Yahweh, the general name for God. But when you see capital L and the rest is all lowercase, O-R-D, we are talking about Adonai, Master, Owner, Ruler. And we're going to see that if you want to experience God as Elohim, the Creator, the Almighty, the Recreator, the Redeemer in our lives, then you have to come into a relationship with God where He is your Adonai. He's the owner of everything. So I have this key. 
And the key represents ownership. You have the keys to your car because you're the owner. You have the keys to your house because you're the owner. Now let me ask you this. Who has the keys to your heart? Who has the key to your mind? Who has the key to your life? Who has the key to your personal life? Who has the key to your private life? Who has the key to your life when nobody's watching? Is it you? Or is it God? And by the end of this morning's sermon, my prayer, my desire, is that you would pray, Jesus, you are my Adonai. Take the keys to my life. My life is yours. My heart is yours. My calling is yours. My past is yours. My present is yours. My future is yours. Who I am when nobody is looking is yours. My life is yours. You are my Adonai. And I pray that you'll be able to confess Jesus as your Adonai with sincerity and devoid of any hypocrisy. Is Jesus your Adonai? To know Jesus as your Adonai is to experience Elohim's creative power in your life. Sometimes people say, this Christianity thing just isn't working for me. I don't have joy. I don't have peace. My life is filled with drama. My life is a wreck. Is Jesus your Adonai? And that's what we're talking about. So sometimes in Scripture, you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the generic name of God, Lord. Sometimes only the L is capitalized and the rest is lowercase, Lord. That means God is my Adonai. God the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit, Adonai, plural. He is the ruler of everything. This one God is the ruler of my entire life. Now, sometimes in Scripture, you see Lord, Lord. Capital L, and then the rest is lowercase, and then capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Lord, Lord. Or you would see, rather, Lord God, because the exact translation would be Lord, Lord. But in the English, that's a little odd to write. So in your Bible, you might see Lord God, or Sovereign Lord, to commune Adonai Yahweh. It's saying, I have a relationship with the one who made it all. So you see, Adonai is not simply a name of God. Adonai represents our relationship with God. Do you see the difference? Because God is going to be Elohim, whether you have a relationship with Him or not. But you have to make a decision for God to be your Adonai. He owns it all, but now He entrusts it to you to surrender it back to Him. And when you surrender it back to Him is when you're going to experience His power and peace in your life. And I asked Robert Borelli to share that testimony. Robert's a good friend of mine, and I met Robert through an evangelistic event, and then from time to time he comes out to speak at our church, and, and we try to get breakfast as, as, as often as we can together just to, just to share and talk about Christ and ministry. But I, I love that story because, Robert, people are saying it's just prison religion. It's not going to last. It's just prison religion. And so when he was here this morning, I said, gosh, we're, we're talking about Adonai. I love that story. Would you talk about it? How when you were in the prison and you just laid on the Bible and said, God, let your word transform my heart. And then you, you, you put your face in the word and you said, God, let your, let your word renew and transform my mind. And my prayer is that at the end of our time together, you're going to have that heart and you're going to say, Jesus, you are my Adonai. Take my whole life. I'm going to give you the keys to my entire life. And when you give Jesus the key to your entire life, you're going to see that 
surrendering and having a proper relationship with Adonai without hypocrisy and with complete sincerity, when you confess and when you follow Jesus as your Adonai, that is a pathway to power. This thing is not about rules and regulations. It is a relationship with the supernatural God who is extravagantly generous with His supernatural power in our life. But relinquishing the key of our life to God is the pathway to experiencing His power. God the Father reveals Himself throughout Scripture in the Old Testament as Adonai. Let's take a look at it in Genesis. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15 and let's begin with verse 1. Genesis, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord, Lord, it's Yahweh, came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. In verse 2, but Abram said, O Lord God, or O Adonai Yahweh, or O Sovereign Lord, O Adonai Yahweh. Here, Abraham enters into a relationship with God so that God is not simply the Creator. God is not simply Elohim. God is Abram's Adonai. And since God is Abram's Adonai, as the text and as the story unfolds, I just invite you to go back and read it on your own. But as God enters, as Abram enters into this relationship with Elohim and Yahweh by experiencing Him and relating to Him as Adonai. He experiences supernatural power upon His life so that He and Sarah have a baby together and Abraham becomes the father of many nations. Let me ask you something. Is the supernatural power of God a dynamic consistent aspect of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's back that up a little bit more. Who has the keys to your life? As God the Father reveals Himself throughout the Old Testament as Adonai, we see that when people enter into relationship with Adonai, they experience the creative power of Elohim in their life, and it's a pathway to power. But not only that, when they relinquish the keys of their life, and they can sincerely confess God as Adonai, they realize that is also the pathway to peace in their life. Let's go to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. So here we see that, that Gideon and all of Israel were in bondage to a foreign army called the Midianites. Anytime they would have crops grow up, the Midianites would, would rampage and steal it. They were afraid, they were terrified, they were hiding. Here are the people of God who were powerless, fruitless, and fearful. And then we look in verse 2. Let's just pick up with this conversation in verse 2. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel. And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. They're hiding in caves because they're afraid of the Midianites. Verse 3. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Verse 4. And would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkeys. 
For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, and they would come like locusts in number. Both they and their camels could not be counted, so that they laid waste the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. They only had a generic relationship with Yahweh. But they've forgotten what it was for God to be there, capital L, lowercase, O-R-D, Adonai. And because they were not entirely submitted to God, they were in bondage to this world. Get this, guys. To whatever degree you were free from Jesus Christ's lordship, rule, reign, and authority in your life, to that degree you are in bondage to this world. That was the case with with Israel. Verse 7. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on on account of the Midianites, the Lord, Yahweh, sent a prophet to the people of Israel, and he said to them, Thus saith the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord, Yahweh, your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. You see how they got themselves in this predicament? You've stopped considering me the owner of your life. You've stopped considering me your master. You no longer have a relationship with me as Adonai. Consequently, you are in bondage to the Midianites. Because again, to whatever degree we are free from Christ's lordship, Him being our master, us being His servants, us being His bondservants, us being His slaves, To whatever degree we are free from Christ's authority over our lives, to that degree we will find ourselves in bondage to this world. Verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat... Well, let's let's go to verse 13. And Gideon said to the angel of the Lord, My Lord... This is Adon. So he's probably speaking to an angel rather than Christ in the Old Testament. Please, my Lord Adon, if the Lord Yahweh is with us, then why has all this happened to us? In other words, as we would say today, Christianity is not working for me. How come I don't have peace in my mind? How come I don't have joy in my heart? How come I'm I'm always afraid? How come I, I just don't have fruitfulness in my life? How come my life is always so dramatic? How come my life is just about trying to spin plates and plates always crash and there are always more plates to spin and I can't keep them going? Where's the peace, joy, love, and power of Christianity? This Christianity thing just isn't happening to me. Is Jesus your Adonai? Or do you know Jesus is only Elohim Creator? Or only Savior on the cross? Have you come to the place where Jesus is your Adonai? And you've sincerely, devoid of hypocrisy, surrendered the keys of your life to Him. Every aspect. I don't mean do you know Christianese. I don't mean can you put on a good front. I don't mean do you kind of, can you kind of go in and out of church circles and play the game. I mean the part of you that nobody knows, the hidden aspect of you. Does Jesus Christ truly have the keys of your life and your heart and your mind? So, let's continue. Verse 14. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go. 
And this might of yours, and save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, do I not send you? And he said to him, please, watch this. There's a turning point here. Because Gideon enters into a relationship, not with simply Elohim and Yahweh, but here he enters into a relationship with Adonai. And he says, please, capital L, lowercase, O-R-D, Adonai, these are the keys to my life. How can I save Israel? And then some very meaningful dialogue unpacks where Gideon deepens his relationship with Adonai and Gideon discovers that God is trustworthy. It's a remarkable story for the sake of this teaching. We won't go into it, but we're going to see God plus one is a majority. If you have 30,000 on your side, but God is not your Adonai, you will fall. But if you have 300 on your side up against a multitude, but you have God, God you plus God, no matter what you're up against, is the majority and you will be victorious. Surrendering the keys of your life and your heart and your mind to Jesus Christ is the pathway to power. It's the pathway to peace as we see from Gideon. And they were victorious. It's an awesome story. Isaiah discovered this in Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, Adonai, high and lifted up. In the year that King Uzziah died, he had to experience a loss in this world in order not to place his confidence in this world, but to place his confidence in Adonai. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Surrendering the keys of your life to God is the pathway to power, it's the pathway to peace, and thirdly, it is the pathway to praise. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 7, and let's just pick up with verse 18. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, Yahweh, and said, watch this, Who am I, O Adonai Yahweh? Who am I, O sovereign God? Who am I, O ruler over my life, creator of all things? Who am I, O master over my life, who is also my Savior and my Deliverer? Who am I, O Lord God? And the reason that David experienced God so powerfully in his life is because God was his Adonai. And why is it that my house, you have brought me thus far? Whereas Gideon, before he knew God as Adonai, was saying, where are you, God? And we realized that he didn't know God as Adonai, nor did all of Israel. They said, I don't think I want you to be my master. I want to be the the master of my own fate. But here is just the opposite. David said, you are my Adonai. Therefore, your kindness is too much. Your blessings are too much. If you could just back off a little bit, because it's almost overwhelming in terms of your kindness, goodness, and grace. Oh, Adonai, Yahweh... Why have you brought me thus far? And he goes on to say in verse 19, And yet, this was a small thing in your eyes, O Adonai, Yahweh. You have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come. And this is instruction for mankind. O Adonai, Yahweh, with an exclamation mark. And we go on in verse 20. And what more can David say to you? For you know your servants. I am your servant. Oh, Adonai, Yahweh. You see why David is a man after God's own heart? Because David had a heart for God to be his Adonai. 
and that David was his servant. David didn't get mixed up in his theology of dogs and cats. Do you know the difference of the theology of dogs and cats? A dog says, especially a golden retriever, says, you pet me, you feed me, you bathe me, you take care of me, therefore you must be God. A cat says, you pet me, you bathe me, you feed me, you take care of me, therefore I must be God. David didn't have this confused, like, like we get it confused. You're good to me, you're gracious to me, you are, you are amazing to me, you forgive me, you save me, therefore I must be Adonai, continue to serve me, continue to serve my comfort. He said, no, I am the servant, you are Adonai. So God consequently cannot help but bless David. Adonai is revealed by God the Father in the Old Testament. Adonai is personified by God the Son throughout the New Testament. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Jesus said, God became flesh, Jesus Christ. He said, why do you call me Adonai, Adonai, and do not do what I tell you to do? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, And you know as well as I do, you have no intention of counting the costs and following me. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You may have experienced the creative power of Elohim. The presence of Yahweh at some point in your life through a complete surrender to Adonai. But this is something that we have to do every single day. When you wake up, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 25, towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uh, accentuates this. He punctuates it with an exclamation mark. And He says... If you hear what I say, and if you do it, it's going to be like building your house on a solid ground. The floods are going to come and your house is going to stand. If you hear what I say and you disregard it, it's like building your house on the sand. The floods are going to come and it's going to be a big crash. There's a promise that if we have a proper relationship devoid of hypocrisy with Adam and I, by surrendering the keys to our heart and mind and life to Jesus Christ, then we will be on the pathway to power, the pathway to peace, and the pathway to praise. As David said over and over, Oh, Adonai, praise you, Adonai. So Adonai is revealed by God the Father throughout the Old Testament. Secondly, Adonai is personified by God the Son in the New Testament, as Jesus said, why do you hear what I say and don't do it? But if you follow me, you will be blessed. Thirdly, Adonai is applied by God the Spirit today in our lives. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. And we'll just pick up with verse 15. And what then shall we say to this? Because we are not under under the law, but under grace, that, that we should just go on sinning? Could this be why Jesus isn't your Adonai? I mean, you, you, you would never speak it. It's unspeakable. Consciously speaking, it's unthinkable. But is this the true condition of your heart? I am saved. I am forgiven. I am born again. I am heaven bound. Therefore, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. 
If that's your motive, Paul would say, you just need to go on and get born again because you're not truly saved. You can't be truly saved and have this heart. Verse 16. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who once were slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. On to verse um, on to verse 18. And having been set free from sin, having become slaves of righteousness, now to verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. You can be free from Adonai, but then you will be a slave to sin. And you'll be one of these people especially if you're a Christian, who think, why is this Christianity thing just not working for me? Where's my peace? Where's my joy? Where's my supernatural power? Where's your relationship with Adonai? Verse 21. But what fruit were you getting at that time from things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God... The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So through the Holy Spirit, we have a new heart and we have the capacity to follow Jesus Christ as our Adonai. You know, something so remarkable to me it's so noteworthy. When I went to Israel and we got off the plane, we got in a bus, we stopped in our first hike. We were hiking into some fields. The sun was setting. And I noticed all of these poles, and these poles were connected by these lines. And at first I thought, these must be done a little differently because it's a foreign country, but these must be phone lines. But guess what? It wasn't phone lines. You want to know what it was? It was boundary markers. It was boundary markers because the Jews did not want to work on the Sabbath. It's a law of God. Don't work on the Sabbath, but keep it holy. Honor it. So, in order to help them remember not to go out into their fields to work, they had boundary lines up. It looked like low telephone poles. And it would remind them not to cross this point because if I cross this point, I'll be closer to the field where I may be tempted to work. Now what struck me about that was their passion for obedience. Their passion to be servants of Adonai. Their passion to have a proper relationship with Adonai. And what further struck me about that was they don't have the Holy Spirit of Christ within them, so they haven't the capacity to walk in perfect love and perfect obedience. We who are followers of Christ have the Spirit of Christ. Now we have the capacity to be holy as He is holy, as we are commanded, and to be perfect as He is perfect, as we are commanded. And though we have the capacity through the Spirit of Christ, we lack the passion. And perhaps it's because we've forgotten that God is Adonai. 
Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27 says that God will give us a new heart and a new spirit He will put within us. And He will remove from us a heart of stone and He will give us a heart of flesh. And He will cause us to follow His ways. In other words, when we bow our knee and trust in the cross of Christ, we're given the spirit of Christ. Therefore, we've got the capacity to follow Christ as Adonai. So in closing, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to do a couple of things this week. I want to challenge you to remember that Jesus Christ is our Adonai. And through the power of the Holy Spirit within us, we have the capacity to follow Adonai. And it's in following Adonai that we will find ourselves on the pathway of power, on the pathway of peace, and on the pathway of praise. And maybe you've become a little bit rusty on what it looks like to follow Jesus. Well, let's just go back to the Sermon on the Mount, back to basics. And I want to challenge everybody here, as we did in the 930 drive-in church service, I want to challenge everybody here to read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, two or three times this week. It's Jesus' sermon. It's, it's His inaugural sermon. It's a powerful, beautiful, breathtaking sermon on what it is to follow Him. And we're going to see that in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is more concerned with the keys, not so much of our actions, because that's just secondary. It's a byproduct. It's the fruit of a deeper root. He's concerned with our heart. Which is why he is saying, you've heard that it was said, don't, don't commit murder. But I'm telling you, don't even be angry with somebody. In other words, I'm not, I'm not focusing entirely on, 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 on the fruit on the external, on the byproduct. Yes, that's critical, but, but what is the root of that? And that is your heart. I'm telling you, if you're even angry with somebody without cause, you've committed murder in your heart. You've heard that it was said, don't commit adultery. But I'm telling you that if you even look lustfully upon a woman, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. You see, Jesus wants to be Adonai, not only of our actions, but especially of our heart. So I want to challenge you to read two or three times this week the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Those three or four pages in your Bible will be all red. It's just a beautiful sermon. Jesus' teachings are all in red. And not only that, I want to encourage you to begin reading the Gospel of Luke. Because each of the Gospels unveils some different aspect of our relationship with Christ and who Christ is. And the Gospel of Luke really emphasizes His Lordship, our relation to Him as Adonai. And I asked Robert Borelli um, to, to give his testimony. He just so happened to be here because we're, we're going to, to lunch afterwards, but I thought this is awesome that you're here when we're talking about Adonai. And I asked him to give that testimony of, of laying on the Bible and saying, renew my heart. And laying his face on the Scriptures and saying, renew my mind. Because as you, as you read the Sermon on the Mount this week, I want to encourage you to do that. And say, Lord, give me the heart. Give me the desire to follow you and give me the capacity to follow you. If you don't have the desire to follow Christ, if you have a greater desire for the world, then pray, God, give me a new heart. Change my heart. And give me the capacity to follow you. Lay your mind in the Word. Set your face in the Word. Say, God, renew my mind. Or just sincerely devoid of hypocrisy before you read the Sermon on the Mount each day or the Gospel of Luke. Pray, Jesus, be my Adonai. And with a sense of holiness and reverence and awe, at the end of your reading each day, close the Bible and say, Jesus, give me the strength to follow you because you are my Adonai. So, 
Jesus is our Adonai. And it's critical that we understand this. And the common threads running through each of the names, one of the first reasons it's critical that we understand that Jesus is our Adonai is because of the authenticity factor. By understanding who Jesus is, by default, we'll understand who He is not. And we're not going to be deceived by blue light specials who say, I will give you freedom. Listen to this. Your number one responsibility in experiencing freedom in your life is not to understand your boundaries or lack of boundaries for freedom. Your number one responsibility in experiencing freedom in your life is to find out who your owner is. Who your master is. And submitting yourself to Him. And let me tell you something. If your owner and your master is anything other than Jesus Christ, you are in bondage. But through the authenticity factor, we know that Jesus Christ is our freedom. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus says to any weary and wounded soul who've tried to live outside of His ownership over us, His authority over us, and who have consequently found themselves slaves in this world, beat up and run down. And He says to them, Come to Me, whoever are weary, heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. A yoke. This is, this is a picture of, of, of an oxen being guided by a yoke. His harness, his lordship, his mastery, his authority over you. He said, let me be your master. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Until you understand what it is for Jesus to be the Lord of all, you will always be beat down, worn down, and in the midst of chaotic circumstances and fruitlessness. Let him be your Adonai. It's critical for the authenticity factor. Secondly, for the promise factor. Again, Jesus accentuates the Sermon on the Mount by saying, if you hear my words and if you do them, your life is going to stand. It's going to be solid. If you hear my words and you don't do them, there's going to be a crash. Your life is going to be filled with sorrow and waste. Oh, it saddens my heart to see some of our flock truly grieves my spirit to see our flock just living free of Christ's yoke over them and His authority. Trying to find satisfaction or freedom in this world and consequently just being in bondage. Just seeing the sadness, seeing the anxiety, seeing the drama, seeing the waste. Jesus said, Let me be your Lord. And I love this. He's saying if you're weary, if you're wounded, if you're beat down, if you're run down, if you've been running hard, if you've been running down, look, I'm not done with you. My my arms are wide. Come to me. Come to me. Try it this way. You tried it that way. Try it this way. And then there's the praise factor. When we, we relate to Jesus as an Adonai... We cannot help but praise Him. As David said in 2 Samuel, You are my Adonai and your goodness and faithfulness and favor and blessing and watch care over me are just almost too much. Oh, Adonai, Yahweh. So, challenging you this week. Read the Sermon on the Mount two or three times. Or just slowly once. And in addition, read through the Gospel of Luke. And pray each time, Jesus, be my Adonai. Would you stand with me, please? Let's start now, guys. Perhaps you've taken some of the reins back 
And uh, it's time just to, just to kneel before God. It's time to confess Jesus and be in right relationship with Adonai. If you would bow your heads with me. Father, you know who, who needs to renew their covenant with you as Adonai. And we pray that they would experience you in a profound way. And we pray that you would give us all the capacity to follow you as Adonai this week. If you need to renew your covenant with Adonai, raise your hand high. All right. Father, you saw these hands. Relate with them, renew them, empower them, and let them experience your power, your peace, and irrevocable praise in their lives. In Jesus' name. Let's respond with worship and I'll be back up.